This is the Go Well podcast and my name is Kate Mercer. Today I'm talking with Natalie Cook, who is a dedicated senior manager with a passion for accessible healthcare and sustainable well-being. Natalie brings more than 25 years of experience in higher education, environmental NGOs and the airline sector, serving as the Director of Innovation, Industry and Employability for Health and Education at Torrens University and Think Education. She applies her extensive experience in relationship management, communication and strategic direction to the student experience, ensuring that their efforts translate seamlessly into a successful career via industry immersion, integrated learning practices and innovative updated curriculum design. So I want to actually start by asking, uh, how would you describe well-being or wellness? And how do you Mm. think it differs from the general word health? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think it gets bandied around a lot. Mm. Um, I think there are a lot of people that that espouse to maybe even being wellness experts or things like that. Uh, So I think people need to be careful because there's not always qualifications that go with that. However, what Mm. do I think it is? I think think when you're talking about well-being and wellness, it's a really holistic sort of a notion. It's not just about are you sick or not? So I think that's, you know, when you think about health, Health is, is, is when your systems are doing what they should, they're, they're, they're functioning. But I think when you're talking about well-being and wellness, it's more than just not being broken, you know what I mean? It, it's about being in mm. balance. Mm. It's about systems working together, functioning collectively. It's a, it's a holistic, you know, and it's, and it's not just about your body. It's, 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 your, it's your mind and it's your body and it's, it's you and your environment, I think, too, as well, to be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. It's an interesting question, isn't it? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot more aspects, I think, to well-being, wellness than there is to health. It's almost. It's like they're two different things, isn't it? It's interesting. Mm, and because I, I think you can treat health, you, you can you can treat health by you know identifying right. You've got this. You know, you've got a cold or you've got this condition, um, and so you know we will address that. You know, treat that condition. Whereas I think once you start of talking about health, wellness, and well-being, it it demands sort of that's that step back mm. a bit more again mm. and how you fit. You know, I think we, we also, we can't divorce ourselves from the environment in which we live as well. Mm, yeah, the environment, yeah, it has a, has a lot. Well, I mean, whenever I'm talking about it, I, I say it's the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, environmental. I think there's, you know, mm. all uh, pretty broad terms. Do you think it's changed since uh, COVID or do you think what's changed for you since COVID around wellness and well-being? I think I think the mental health aspect of well-being has really come to the fore. People and and the notion of resilience. So they're probably two words I would use. So I think, you know, it's and even from the beginning of COVID for for now, and particularly I'm I'm based in Melbourne, so I, you know, as many people listening will be, and lived through 2020, and we had some quite extreme sort of lockdowns, and we're just coming out of another one now. Um, I think, you know, at the beginning of COVID, I think a lot of people went, oh, it's it's a virus that I will or won't catch and, you know, it, it will or won't have an effect on me because I'm, you know, this age or I'm healthy or whatever that, that might be. And I think as time has gone on, I think, and for myself as well, to be honest, you know, one of the things you realise is um, the impact of things like this on your mental health and wellbeing. Um, you know, I've got a roof over my head. You know, that's what I said to a lot of people last year. How are you? I'm, look, I'm fine. I've got a roof over my head. I've got job very fortunate I've got job security mm. in a sector that that is 
is also, you know, there's, there's a strong demand in education. Um, I'm well equipped in terms of my own capacity to look after my health and well-being. I'm fortunately, I'm, I'm healthy. Um, I can afford to, you know, order to have, I can have food delivered to my house if, if, if I need be, if I can't leave the house, all of those things. So from a, you know, if you look at that sort of whole Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what are your base needs? I'm, I'm covered. I'm fine. I'm, I'm safe. But the impact of, of working through, living through this, this environment and, uh, you know, watching the numbers of cases and borders opening and closing and all that sort of thing, it, it takes a toll on your mental health. It really does. And it really mm. causes you to look at what your support networks are, how you work as part of a society, not just as yourself, um, what your resilience is and what your source of resilience is. And so for me, I think that they're all part of health and wellbeing. And, and for me, I felt those sorts of themes came up for me last year and I think and I think for a lot of the population they did as well mm, yeah I think that's why there's so many issues around mental health well thank you for sharing your views on that and of course we've brought you on to the program today to talk mainly about education because you're working with uh, Torrens University there so can we start with the interest in people studying health and health sciences have you seen any uh, increase in the last year or so in, in, that in those particular areas? Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I think, you know, 2020 might go down as the year where both teachers and nurses were celebrated for what they do. You know, they're such mm. often unsung heroes in our community. Um, and I think, you know, with people either having to homeschool their own kids or, or just, you know, seeing what frontline workers like nurses are doing really shone the spotlight. And there was definitely, you know, a... a, a flow through in terms of people interested in studying nursing, seeing that and being really admiring of what those people were doing. Same, you know, the, the notion of what is public health and who works in the public health sector and what are public health initiatives, I don't think most people would have given that an awful lot of thought on a day-to-day -day basis, whereas, you know, in a world where you're talking about exactly those things and contact tracing and, and all of the, you know, initiatives to, to keep populations at large healthy and safe, brings public health into this into the into the sphere so you know more awareness and interest in studying that uh, we just discussed you know mental health I think a real increased interest um, and demand for people studying things like counseling um, as well and and of course you know that that interest in just generally around health people's own health does often you know, we find that with a lot of a lot of people that study with this, particularly courses like our, our complementary medicine courses like naturopathy, often people are driven to want to study those things because they've encountered they've had their own personal experience, either themselves or in their family, mm. with people that have had, you know, often long term mm. um, yeah. not always, but you know, health challenges. And so that causes them to think more broadly about how they might sort of counter that. And often that drives them to an interest in actually pursuing that as a career themselves. So, yeah, mm. definitely mm. seeing that those mm. processes playing out and seeing people actually then mobilising to want to study. And then the other side of that is, you know, there was some either people had a bit more time uh, at their disposal because a lot of their normal pursuits might have been taken off the board and so they had an opportunity to study or the sadder side of that, you know, people who unfortunately might have faced a career change or a lack of, you know, some sort of change in their work situation because of COVID chose that as an opportunity to go back to study as well. So I think a number of factors came together. Torrens University, I think perhaps a lot of people may not have heard of Torrens University. Can you tell us a bit about that and also Southern Schools of Natural Therapies? 
Yeah, and it's interesting how the, the two come together. So Torrens University is Australia's um, newest university, youngest university. When we were registered sort of five or so years ago now, we were the first new university in about 20 years at that time. Southern School of Natural Therapies, what's the link there? Southern School of Natural Therapies was formed 60 years ago this year, I mean 1961, by a guy called Alf Jacker, really, you know, Australia's oldest college, which is now part of the Torrens University suite. So the, the, when, our, when students come and study it at what has always been known as the Southern School, often abbreviated to that, they're actually getting a degree through Torrens University now. Can you actually just talk about the health degrees that you actually have on offer? I'll try and I'll try and cluster them a little bit for you. So if if we start with say the, the Southern School of Natural Therapies because we started there, we do have a, a suite of of degrees that sit under what you would call a complementary medicine banner. So which is I guess you know a lot of um, what your program speaks about things in that space. So things like you can do a Bachelor of Health Science in naturopathy, in clinical nutrition, in Chinese medicine, in uh, Western herbal medicine clinical myotherapy. Um, so you can do degrees in that sort of space. So that's your tradition, your complementary medicine sort of space. We also have, um, almost at the other end of the spectrum, I guess, some very mainstream medical and health uh, qualifications in a diploma and a Bachelor of Nursing, public health qualifications all the way through to a, a postgraduate. So you can do a master's in public health. In that community services sector, we've got degrees in community services and we have degrees Diplomas, degrees, and, and again, post-grad, you can do a master's in counselling through, through Torrens as well. Um, and then right through to we also have aesthetics programs. So you can do a, a Bachelor of Health Science in aesthetics. So that's all about skin, um, skin health, health at quite a sophisticated level as well. Is there any, any of your courses or degrees that you can't get anywhere else? We're not the only provider of um, where you can study a Bachelor of Naturopathy, but we are the only university where you can study a Bachelor of Naturopathy. And, and, the, and the Bachelor level is the minimum standard now for mm. people if they do want to be a naturopath. Mm. Um, we are the only provider offering a, a Bachelor of Health Science in Western Herbal Medicine. So that's a herbal medicine degree and just differentiating there, obviously, with, with Chinese medicine versus the Western Herbal Medicine. But as I said, I think I, our, our breadth of health programs is quite unique so that, you know, you can be in a, in a classroom studying and whether that classroom is a real classroom or a virtual classroom, I should say, you know, you, you often, there are subjects where we will offer them across different course areas. So you get a really, you know, an interdisciplinary sort of a, a feel for things, which I think is increasingly important for health practitioners today. Uh, you know, that they know, they know about what other health disciplines do and they've, they've, they, they know how to work with them. Interprofessional communication is a, is a really big thing in the, in the health sector. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just cut now to say somebody's listening in today and they've got a, a daughter or a son or a granddaughter, grandson, or someone they know or someone is listening and they're interested in what you're saying. Can we just talk about from leaving school, uh, what they might need to get in to do your base level uh, diploma of health and wellbeing? Yeah, sure. So Torrens is a, is a university and so we're subject to all of the normal governance processes and government oversight, I guess you'd say, as, as any other university. So, of course, you know, you, you need to have entry requirements for courses and, and so on. What we did do last year, and, and I guess the catalyst in a lot of ways was the disruption that COVID caused to a lot of Year 12 students, was we removed on any of the courses that we could, and I just put a small sort of brackets around that because some of our programs that are um, nationally uh, accredited, I guess, through government auspicing bodies like nursing is a great example of that. We were required to keep 
what's called an ATAR score. But for any other programs where we couldn't, we just said, you know, our experience is when we've looked at students that have come in with an ATAR score that was of a certain level that was prescribed for a course, which is really normal in the university sector to, to have that. When we looked at students that have come in with a specific ATAR, and then we've looked at students that have come in through an alternate pathway, so perhaps they've, uh, they haven't come straight from school, they've had a year of work experience, or they, they completed perhaps a vocational education program before they came into uni, or otherwise had some sort of life experience other than just finishing year 12 and, and getting a, a mark out of that process. What we found is we didn't see a difference in, in the success. And so that ATAR isn't actually a predictor of student success. And so combined with what we felt was the case there with really that catalyst of, of COVID and, and seeing the disruption for, for students that, that did their year 12 last year, we removed our ATAR. So you don't, you don't, you don't have to have scored a certain mark in your, in your year 12 to come into the program. You need to have either completed year 12, 12 or equivalent if you're coming straight from school. But if you've already been out in the workforce, your work experience, um, any other study that you might have done, um, you know, a, a diploma or something or a certificate that you've done along the way, all of those things can be factored in. So we've got a really flexible approach. If people have got the, the aptitude and the desire to study, then we can invariably find a pathway in for them to study with us. Okay, so now um, can you just very briefly give us an idea of fees and how people pay? Because the fees do sort of vary across different program areas, I would absolutely encourage people to get on our website. The fees are very transparent. Um, they'll show them there by subject um, on the um, www.torrens.edu.au um, because they do vary a bit. But um, what we also have is um, because we're a university our students can access government programs that support being able to pay university fees or higher education fees so there are programs like fee help um, that's basically like a loan from the government to complete your studies and then people pay that off through their tax you know once they earn over a certain threshold and that those thresholds sometimes change as well and that's that's but if you go onto the ATO website they've got information about fee help there so you can see there so somewhere in the vicinity of about 20 grand usually to do some, a, a diploma but being able to access things like fee help um, definitely is something that people should investigate and the other thing is that we you know we, we're pretty committed to, to wanting to make as I said and making education accessible to people and particularly people that might not as I said, have studied before and might not have people in their family that have studied before as well, um, how they can access things like fee help from the government and also if there are any scholarships on any given course that they may, might be looking at with us. Okay, fabulous. I just wanted to come to sort of right around to where we started in a way with um, uh, you talking about COVID because telehealth is now really big, uh, I guess, in a lot of areas, but also in uh, your university and the way that you're teaching. Can you just uh, sort of finish off with talking a bit about how that works? Yeah, telehealth, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, we're so conditioned normally, you know, you expect if you want to go and see a doctor or a counsellor or a psychologist or a naturopath that you turn up to their clinic and sit in a room and, and talk to them for the, for the time and have your consultation that way. And I think what we've, what we've always known is that, that communities like remote and regional communities don't always have access to that same sorts of, of facility and things like the Flying Doctor Service in Australia came out of the need for that. But Things like telehealth, which is really just using technology um, as a medium to have some sort of a health um, consultation and or sharing health-related information. So that might be using technology to share the 
the the results from different tests or so on, but, but predominantly it's about using phone or most usually things like Zoom or some sort of audio-visual program to have a consultation um, when you're in, in different places. And what happened during COVID is that that became a whole lot more normal and mainstream for medical practices. So, you know, you might see a doctor, but, but also for, for things like counselling and psychology uh, as well. So our, our Bachelor of Nursing, which was is quite a new qualification, we built in a subject around, you know, technology in healthcare, and that includes telehealth. In our public health postgraduate qualification, there's, you know, specialist subjects around, again, technology in healthcare, and telehealth is part of that. One of the really exciting things we did is we have a public-facing clinic that our students work in, so our naturopaths and our nutritionist students and our herbal medicine students and, and so on. Anyone can come along and have an appointment uh, very cost-effectively, but it's always been based in a you know, in, in Melbourne, in Fitzroy. So we're relying on people coming along to the clinic to, to make their appointment and have their consultation. And we pretty quickly, we didn't want to disrupt our students' learning and we also wanted to be able to keep offering healthcare to the people who rely on the clinic for that. Um, and so we, we pretty quickly learned how to deliver um, and teach our students how to deliver telehealth consults. And off the back of that, that will become the standard part of our curriculum going forward because it's the future. And also we developed a short course off the back of off the expertise that we developed through doing that quite swiftly um, and also expertise in delivering education in an online environment. So we developed a short course, which we've, we've made free to any health practitioner as well, which is sort of just introduces those, those principles of telehealth. So we've gone from it being something that we knew was something important to something that we're really putting at the centre of a lot of what we're doing. Like for any health practitioner, that has to be a, a tool in your toolkit going forward. Mm. Thanks so much for explaining that today, Natalie. And, uh, and I'm sure that a lot of people would have got a lot of value from uh, a lot of those things that you've uh, shared with us about how to study and particularly at the university. You're working with Torrens University. What was, just to finish off, what was the website again if people want to go and have a look? It is www.torrens.edu.au. Terrific. Thanks so much. Thanks.